0: You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Inside Out Podcast. Yes, you heard that right. It's a new and improved podcast introduction, and to shake things up, I am here, joined by Jordan Paris. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. I almost was going to share your, your middle name, but it felt too much. Robert. I I, Jordan Robert Paris. Yes. Okay. I didn't want to give that permission without your consent. Hey, listen, next week, this is, is just a strange thing. This is our, our last Sunday with two gatherings. Starting mm-hmm. next Sunday, we'll add our third gathering. Have you heard any feedback about like, the 8.30 at all?
1: I've only heard positive things.
0: Of people are excited, of but course. nothing, nothing crazy. I have had multiple conversations with people who are just beside themselves excited about an eight thirty gathering, and I think it's because there's people like me out there that are early risers, and um, they just they're like, I've been up for three hours at that point. It's going to be so great to gather with the church early. So. Yeah. I'm definitely excited for it. It's going to be really, really cool to be a part of, and that gathering is going to be structured just a little differently. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So um, you are now probably more of an early riser than you used to be because you have – I don't know if she's still an infant. Is she still considered an infant? She's seven and a half months, so I don't know. When do you – we are the wrong people to talk about this. There's, like, infant – then it's to toddler. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. She's just a baby. That's what I call you've her. You've been a you've been a she's been around for 8 months now.
1: Uh-huh. About that.
0: So, I need you to tell us our vast listening audience mm-hmm. and myself like what have you learned about being a parent in the last 8 months? Give us your wisdom that I never knew I could love a little human so much. Oh. Yeah. And she's way precious, so that like Totally helps. Yeah. But I have three boys, so it's like... And she's a little girl, so... It's just different. It's like the boys are just rascals at this point. They're, you know... Yeah. They are what they are. So you are, uh, of course, up earlier now, and Um, one of the things that you do on Sunday mornings mm -hmm. is you get to that lead a class called discussions. And so I want to talk about something specific that you've been going through, but just for our sake and the people who are listening to this podcast, what is discussions and what is the aim
1: of discussions? So I not to correct anyone, but I call it a context, not a class, only because I don't know, class feels very official. But it is in essence a class and it's for middle and high school students. And basically, we just take a multitude of topics and we teach it via dialogue. So we will have a leader, two leaders assigned for a specific Sunday. They are given a topic with lots of resources. They do study. And then they're teaching it really by asking really good questions to students. And then students get to ask questions back. People can voice disagreements. People can express their opinions. But we're just talking about different things, a variety of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I get to I get to go up there from from time to time. Sometimes in the 9:30 gathering, I'll be kind of going around the building and I think it was this past week or or maybe it was 2 weeks ago I, I, it was two I, I got to I got to sit in there for a little bit. And first of all, in our current facility, we are so thankful to to have um, a, a building that we get to to meet in. Mm-hmm. But we realize there are limitations to it, right? We it's just the nature of of the facilities. So we do not have a lot of extra classroom space. So right now discussions is meeting in upstairs in in, we call it room two oh three and it's not the biggest room in the world. And so it feels like I feel like whenever the door gets opened and the students come like out from the room, it's like like a clown car. Like people just keep Mm -hmm. coming out. And so when you go in there and sit, I mean there's twenty plus students and leaders in there just sitting together, just I mean, it's like it feels crowded, but it gives the room a certain amount of energy for sure is what I noticed. And yeah. so it was really, really exciting to be a part of. And I think that Sunday you guys were going through the Watch Tower Society, also known as Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. yes. And so as there there's teaching going on, but it's not it's not teaching. It truly is discussion. And there were Jordan, you were posing questions to students and they were answering, but then they were also asking questions like to each other. It was really cool, mm-hmm. really cool to be a part of. And so what have you been going through in the past? Um, I don't know if it's quarter or so or a couple weeks ago, your focus has been on, on what? The past couple of weeks ago or just this uh, year so far? Just
1: this year so far. World religions Okay, has been our main focus. Okay. So, so far we have discussed Christianity, and then every week we're comparing a world religion basically to that, to Christianity. So we've covered Catholicism, Roman Catholicism, Islam, Mormonism, and then the Watchtower Society. And then this coming Sunday is Hinduism.
0: Okay. Yes. So as you've been studying through world religions,
1: um, how has the response been from the students? They have been very engaged, and I've only heard very positive things, like students are asking me, what are we learning this Sunday? What religion? And I tell them, and then they just get super excited. Yeah. So, so far it's been really wonderful because most of these world religions students want to know about, but they don't know anything about. And yeah, I'm also learning that, and we can get more into kind of how we teach it, um, but we do the kind of like a role-playing deal where we, the leaders will basically act like they're a part of a specific religion that we've studied and the students are Christians and we have some sort of like real time dialogue. Okay. Like we're at school and we met and we're talking about Jesus and the differences of religions and students like they really like that they're challenged by it. And I yeah. think they've really enjoyed it because they're realizing, well, wow, it's kind of difficult to share my faith with someone of another religion, but I yeah. think they're appreciative of the challenge.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's affecting more than just the students who are part of the class because, and I know this, because right after discussions is over, we do this real quick turnaround where I set up tables and chairs in the same room mm-hmm. and, and teach through big screen perspectives. And whenever the, the adults come in for my class, they see you have a sheet of paper, this this massive poster size sheet of paper that you have students write things on, and they're always like taking pictures of the different facts and mm-hmm. things related related to these different religions that you've been studying on it. So it's, it's definitely been something that's had a broad impact for more than just the students themselves. One of the things, Jordan, that I want to really key in on today is uh, Mormonism. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, we would call that not just a, a world religion, but definitely a counterfeit Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's relevant to those of us who live in North America. Hinduism is probably something we're not going to encounter on a regular basis. Good for us to know about, but on this podcast, I want to talk more about Mormonism because there's probably every single person who's been listening to this podcast has at one point or another had a Mormon missionary show up on their doorstep and um, had a conversation with someone who is Mormon. So you can serve to brush up, those of us who are are as a part of the Inside Out podcast, you can brush up our knowledge on Mormonism. So briefly, because I know you could say a lot, tell us,
1: remind us of the origins of Mormonism. Well, I have some notes to help me because there is a lot. And just so you know, and for our, our audience, we, uh, we do a, a pretty big overview of each religion so we don't go way in depth. So this is kind of some of the stuff we've talked through in discussion. So I'll reiterate it. But Yeah, the origins, this would happen in the early 1800s. There was a name of a guy named Joseph Smith. It's a very familiar name for many people. And uh, when he was 14, so that would have been for modern day for us with our students, about high school age. uh, He was visited by two messengers of light, and then he was praying in the woods, and he claimed that God the Father and Jesus uh, visited him and told him that all of Christianity had become corrupt and that all existing churches were wrong. So we okay. acknowledge in discussions there's some red flags there when you're saying that right. existing churches are all wrong and Christianity is corrupt. And then at the age of 17, he said that in, there was an angel that came and visited him and said there were some buried golden plates in Reformed Egyptian, and he supposedly found those, translated them somehow into what we have today as the Book of Mormon. And so that's kind of the, the origin. It started with Joseph Smith. Very interesting. Yes. You know, one of the things that I know you guys have
0: been covering and that a lot of these counterfeits have in common is that the specific revelation will be given solely to one person. Mm -hmm. And everything is channeled to them and flows from them. Yes. Whereas our Bibles, there's 66 books written by around 40 authors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a different scenario. So. You mentioned Joseph Smith as the founder of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Probably anybody listening to this podcast knows that he's somewhat of a controversial figure, I would say, to say the least. Mm-hmm. How do Mormons today
1: view Joseph Smith? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a, probably a great answer there, other than just probably think a mixed bag. I think some people would see him as a prophet, others as a false prophet. Um, but I know that within the Mormon all called an organization, um, they would hold to the Book of Mormon as, as true. so even if they discredit Joseph Smith, they would still hold his writings as authoritative, even higher than the Bible. So they would see it as um,
0: in their estimation, it would be Joseph Smith was a flawed person, but that God spoke through him and gave us that's my understanding that's, okay. for,
1: for many. Um, and I've, I've, with discussions I've had just in preparing for, you know, our talks with students and all that, I've been able to talk with some people who are actually Mormons. And it's interesting that as you get into it, everyone's experience is different and they might have different views on mm-hmm. Joseph Smith or even the Book of Mormon. Um, so I'm kind of generalizing here, but that would be my understanding. Okay. Yeah. So as you guys have been talking through this and you've been, you've
0: been teaching on some of the differences between... Mormonism and a a historical orthodoxy of of the church Mm -hmm. and our our beliefs and our doctrines. What are some of the core differences there? (laughs) There's a lot, but I feel like... Yeah.
1: Give us just a couple specifics. Well, I would say the biggest one is theology and who God is. Um, Mormons would believe in what we call the law of eternal progression. Okay. And there's a... I think I'm quoting it right, where they say as as man once was god is and as god is man may become i'm probably misquoting that i have to find it but the the oh yeah the idea is that we can all progress to become god and at one point god was just a human and progressed to become what he is now and so okay they would deny basic theology that we would find in the bible and i think the other Kind of main thing is what we would call the gospel, that we're saved by grace through faith. And while they would claim that we're saved by Jesus, um, the way that they actually describe how we're saved is the complete opposite. It's kind of like faith plus a lot of works equals okay. salvation. Okay. Or so faith plus, hey, we're a part of the Mormon organization yeah. equals salvation.
0: So your your performance... As a Mormon,
1: will secure your eternal salvation. That's kind of the, the seal on it. Yeah, that's not what would be said, but that's what would be uh, lived out, I guess. Their, yeah. Their practice,
0: at least in that regard. Yeah. Um so, so there are some different writings that have been associated with the Mormon church. You have, they partly value the Bible. They have, uh, let's see, the Book of Mormon. They have the Pearl of Great Price. Mm-hmm. How do they view these, so specifically the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, uh, I think I'm missing one there. How do they view those in relation to the Bible? Whereas a Christian would hold, um, at least those of us who are part of City Point Church would say the Bible is Mm -hmm. authoritative,
1: right? Yeah. So so we taught, there's five sources, kind of sacred writings that they would have. Number one is the Book of Mormon. So that would really trump the the Bible. Uh, I've talked with someone even a part of City Point who is who used to be a Mormon is now a Christian, and they said when they became part of the Mormon organization that when they had their three-hour services, the Book of Mormon is what was taught through, and they viewed that as the most authoritative book. So the, you have the Book of Mormon, uh, the Doctrine and Covenants, which is mostly about theology, the Pearl of Great Price, the Bible, the, again, this is kind of generalizing here, but they would believe in it depending on how well it was translated, and so for the King James Bible, that's, that's the one I think they would trust the most. And then the other kind of source of authority is the living Mormon apostles, prophets, and the church president, which the president can change really anything at any point, okay. any sort of law or or teaching or doctrine. And so um, so that's—I mean, you have the Book of Mormon, but you also have the president who can dictate lots of things. Yeah, sure. So it's interesting. There's lots of sources, which is a question we pose to, to students. If there's five main sources of authority, how do you— know which one to follow, and uh, like if a president can just overturn something, then how do you know that was valid? How do, it's, it's just interesting to think about. Okay, so here's, a, here's an important question, maybe
0: the most important question. For those of us who are living our daily lives, and we have family members, or we have neighbors who are a part of the Mormon organization, mm-hmm. these people are uh, entrenched in these beliefs, they are indoctrinated with these beliefs, the, many of them hold fast to these things, uh, they've been they've been trained up in, in these ways. How can we, as Christians, uh, respond to those people with the gospel?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I'll reiterate, I guess what we tell the students is we want them to understand one that when we're teaching people it's good to be informed about these religions i think that's important um so if we're going to reach someone who's a mormon i think it's important to know a little bit about mormonism and we need to know a lot about christianity but when we know that it's not verbal ammunition now to go out and try to win an argument but we're trying to win people so i think just having that understanding that when you enter into a conversation with someone we're just trying to win them to christ um and so I think that's a good mindset to go in it with. But I think we need to pray for them. I think we do need to have intelligent conversations um, filled with grace and truth. And I think we need to trust in the Lord that He's gonna He's gonna work on their heart. And we mm. can't convince them into heaven. That's yeah. a That's a big part because in discussions we we do the whole role playing thing. But we want to reemphasize to students that they're not. Doesn't matter how well you quote unquote argue, it's or discuss. You know whatever you want to say there, you're not going to convince anyone. Yeah. And so it's, it's a challenge, though. Yeah, for sure. You said
0: something that I think is incredibly vital for us to hear, because we are living in increasingly contentious times. I think as Christians, there are traditional values that we've held to that are under attack, and we probably justifiably so feel threatened in some ways. And so our natural response is to want to, to want to fight. And you said we want to be focused on winning people and not just winning arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this, I did not prepare you for this question. Okay, I'm if you know Jordan, it? if you know Jordan, you know this man is a prepared man. Okay, so you're about to see some just some on the spot thinking. on the spot <laughs> thinking right now in this moment. How, if my posture is one of winning people? Yes. What does that look like compared to if I if I'm trying to win the person mm-hmm. compared to if I'm trying to win the argument?
1: Like the posture of your heart, you're saying? Sure. Um, I've noticed in discussions when we do the whole role playing deal, mm-hmm. um, students are mostly challenged not with asking questions about other people's faith. They're most challenged when people of other faiths question their own. And so I think when someone is coming into, not when an argument, but when people, and they are on the receiving end of difficult questions about their own Christian faith, I think one of the things is a posture of humility where they're not defensive about their faith and defensive about or maybe even offended by some of the questions, but there may be things they're unsure of or they don't know about their own faith or they may not know how to answer it, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's one of the postures. I think the other posture is they are not asking questions to, to necessarily try to demean the other person Mm -hmm. and like make them see how I'm not saying we would say that other people's faiths are stupid, but not to be like, hey, do you not see how dumb this belief is? Mm. But it's genuinely to try to get the other person to critically think about things. So like with Mormonism, when they believe that God at one point was a man and then the law of eternal progression became God and now rules all these planets and has all these wives, we don't want our students thinking, "Ah, that's such a crazy belief. It's so dumb. Yeah. But we want them to maybe ask a question to someone who is a Mormon and say, okay, well, if... God was once a man, then who created that man? And you want to keep going back and back, and at some point there has to be the origin of something. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really asking questions to really try to help the other person understand, and when you're asking the question, you're trying to understand and trying to learn about the person. Um, And so you're not just trying to ask questions to prove your point, but you're trying to help them critically think, and you're trying to also learn at the same time. There's probably a lot more that could be said, but this was on the spot so it was it was on the spot yeah. i
0: just i think it's so important for us to remind ourselves of on a regular basis because we are we are all of us just bathed in this culture that is filled with these gotcha statements and arguments and sayings that are designed to shut down the opposition um and it's it's just if we're not careful we can let that sort of thinking bleed into our apologetics and our our conversations with people. So just hearing you talk about just focusing on the person and, and their heart and them as an individual and not necessarily the erroneous beliefs, because any sort of one of these counterfeits that we approach are going to have these specific beliefs that we look at and go, that's so far in left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a baseball terminology. Left field is on a baseball. I understand. Okay, yes. Okay. Sometimes I was thinking
1: bowling, but oh, then okay. that was helpful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which
0: every single thing, person we talk to is going to have something like that. and we, mm-hmm. It's easy for us to get sidetracked with those things. And so what I think is really cool is when you guys do your, um, uh, your role play of somebody who's a part of this organization mm-hmm. and the other person is having a conversation with them, is they are practicing what it looks like to have concern and compassion for an individual and not just try to um, engage in a gotcha sort of argument.
1: So that's really yeah. cool. And we and just, yeah, as you said, the last couple of weeks we've taught on the Watchtower Society. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because as Christians, we approach other religions and maybe other people who are part of those religions. And we're like, hey, we're the Christians, we're right. They have the erroneous beliefs. But when we did the role playing for the Watchtower Society, we reminded students that many in the Watchtower Society hold the belief that the triune God is like, they don't, the people in that religion don't believe in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they believe that people like Christians who believe in the Trinity are b- believing something that's super weird and crazy and mm-hmm. super odd. So for us, we have to understand that as Christians, there are people a part of other religions who look at our faith and think that we have the erroneous belief. Right. And so if we're not approaching, that conversation with humility and we're trying to be dogmatic, then that might be matched by the other person who kind of feels a similar way. So it's just interesting. Like other people feel similar towards Christianity. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. At least, I mean, I've just been able to be a part of it very briefly, but to see that you're teaching on these world religions and some of the emphasis that has come about from it or that you are, um, placing on it is that these these young people are they're being driven to their bibles to find out what the bible says so mm-hmm. they're learning about this this counterfeit it's driving them to their bibles to find out what the bible says but then you're just you're you're not leaving it there you're facilitating the conversation and moving it forward and helping them see what this looks like beyond the four walls of a church building, mm-hmm. which is so incredibly vital and really, really cool for us to be offering to the teenagers of City Point Church. So that's what's going on in discussions. I, I feel like I feel ready now to go have some <laughs> conversations with people. I, I think we might do that. Stood. it. Okay. Stood. it.